Hello, and welcome back to the Books and Bones podcast, where we talk about books and their film adaptations. We're your hosts, Jelena and Jen, and today we're discussing Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones. Woo! This is round two of this recording. Is... Oh, man. <laughs> it's I like, mean, how do you recreate what we already recorded but make it sound authentic? Because we've already recorded we've, it. We've already said things. Yeah. Oh, well. It is what it is, so we're just going to, you know, just jump right into it, I guess. (laughs) Um, So, without further ado, here is a little bit about the book and the author. Um, It was written by Diana Wynne-Jones. She was an English novelist, poet, academic, and literary critic, and a short story writer. Uh, She wrote primarily fan. (laughs) <laughs> fantasy fantasy she wrote primarily fantasy and speculative fiction novels for children and young adults like do you ever just forget how to read because yeah me too. <laughs> well in my head it's like i'm pretty sure my tone of voice and my accent is different in my head than it's whatever comes out so you're talking with a british accent i talk with a british british accent i can't even say anyways it sounds better in your head yeah yeah (laughs) um so we obviously were reading we read howl's moving castle uh, it was first published in 1986 by Green Willow Books of New York. Uh, it was a runner-up for the annual Boston Globehorn Book Award, and it won the Phoenix Award 20 years later. And it was later adapted into a 2004 animated film by the same name and was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Uh, this is the first book in the three book series, The Land of Inbury. And see, now what I had said last time was Oh, <laughs> right, about how you. In, my, in my brain. In augury? Yeah. yeah. In Gary, you were pronouncing in, it as in augury, but like we already touched on that last time we tried so this. So it's like it's we like, already. Oh, okay. It's not, it doesn't, it's not funny it anymore. It doesn't flow anymore. <laughs> um, so, as always, uh, we're just giving you a fair warning uh, about spoilers, about the plot, because obviously we're going to be talking about it. And yeah, so hopefully you already read the book. If not, pause and then read it. It's a really short book, and come back and hear our discussion. Yeah. All right. Plot summary. Let's talk about the book. Ooh. <laughs> Do you want to hear my one sentence? Yeah. Uh, so Howl's Moving Castle is a story about destiny, fate, and love. And that's all you need to know. Yeah. And that's it. That's all we're going to discuss. That's it. That was, a great, that was a great episode. Yeah. Thank you for having us today. Thank you for sponsoring us, no one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess what we're going to do is go through the plot summary in detail, just in case, you know, if you have read the book and there's some things maybe you forgot about, we're going to go through it so that we're all on the same page. And a fair warning, you might hear my dog. I had to lock her out because you can hear... Oh, oh, there she is. There she goes. Sorry about if you hear my dog. <laughs> She's fine. Uh, the book starts off with an introduction of Sophie Hatter and her two younger siblings, Letty and Martha. Um, Martha is their half-sibling. And then it's like in preparation or like May Day is happening. Mm-hmm. 
um, in Inguri. Uh, they live in Market Chipping, where their mother Fanny owns and runs the hat shop. It's a pretty bumping hat shop. Yeah, when hats were like hats a, were a, a big thing. thing. Yeah, can you imagine if hats were a thing now? Like, I kind of wish they were. Because it'd be, like, socially acceptable to wear them. Yeah, and then we would know how to, one, fix our hair. Two, don't have to worry about, like, those shower days. Because we're already wearing a hat. But, like, would you keep your hat on in an office? Or would you take it off? don't think so. I think it's just for walking around outside. Oh, well. Like, keep, like, you know, doing what hats normally do and just protecting you from the shade. Or from the sun. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, anyways... They, she makes hats that are pretty pretty dope. Um, and then, so, the plot kind of, like, starts off with the girls being sent off to their assigned workplaces to begin their apprenticeship. Um, Martha is sent to Mrs. Fairfax for magic school, and Letty is sent to Cesaris. Cesaris. Is it Cesaris? Or Cesaris. Is it Cesaris? I say, uh, either or. Cesaris. Cesaris. It's a bakery. Sorry, yeah. Anyways, uh, Letty's sent there for baking. And Sophie is left to work with Fanny in the hat shop, where she will soon run the shop one day. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, Sophie's there, and she's, like, making hats all the time. And, like, she finds herself, like, talking to herself often. Um, and, like, she kind of, like, talks herself up to go see her sister, Letty, who's not too far away from her. And so Sophie, Sophie's first encounter with Howell is when she's going to meet her sister, Letty, who we later find, who we later find out is Martha. Uh, they switch spots because Letty really wanted to go to magic school and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... After that, Sophie's back in the shop, and then she's left to close by herself, and that's when she meets the Witch of the Waste, who then puts a curse on Sophie. She says she does not care for competition from Sophie, which, um, once you learn, like, you know, after future events, at like, towards the end, it's like, oh, she didn't want that competition. Yeah. Because, you know, how, you know, okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Um, so after that, uh, Sophie turns into a much older version of herself and then she leaves the town to seek out her fortune where she stumbles upon Howl's moving castle. Uh, there she invites herself in and declares that she's the new cleaning lady. Um, she also meets the scarecrow turnip man who gives Sophie a fright later on in the book. When she meets him. On the way to the castle, she says to it, Now, if I wasn't doomed to failure because of my position in the family, you could come to life and offer me help in making my fortune. But I wish I wish you luck anyways. So that is also important once you learn about Sophie later on. Yes. Alright. Moving on. So when Sophie's in Howell's... When Sophie's in the castle, she meets Michael and Calcifer. They're not, like, at first, they're really not huge fans of her because she cleans a lot. She's kind of bossy. So Michael is Howell's apprentice, and he runs Howell's day-to-day affairs. Uh, For a while, Sophie is cleaning the castle, and she's cleaning what she can get her hands on. Again, both. both. (laughs) 
<laughs> both Michael and Calcifer are not huge fans of Sophie because I said she's bossy and cleans a lot. And they com- complain to Howell, but he ignore- ignores their comments. Um, and Calcifer is a fire demon. Yes. Um, and then, so in the castle, there's like a door or whatever, and there's like a, um, almost like a knob, I guess. Like a door, not a doorknob, like a turnkey kind of type thing. It's, it's a knob. A knob? Yeah. And so there's four ports. There's market shipping. Uh, the seaside city of Port Haven, and uh, there's Kingsbury, and then the last one is Wales, which is Howell's childhood home, mm-hmm. where his family still resides. Mm-hmm. And later on, we'll mention Howell's full name is Howell Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And then the Witch of the Waste put a curse on Howell. Okay, so Sophie and Calcifer talk, and Calcifer discovers that she's under a curse. He takes the opportunity to ask her to help him break his contract with Howell, and in return, he will help her break her curse. So, unfortunately, Kelsifer can't tell her how to break the contract, and Kelsifer has to study her curse in order to find out how to break it. The next day, Sophie begins to make breakfast when Howell returns to the castle. He wonders how Sophie got Kelsifer to bend his head (laughs) so that Sophie can cook on him, essentially, something that only Howell has been able to do. All right, and like the quote that he says the first time when she does that is like, "I hope your bacon burns." <laughs> <laughs> Forever um, be a favorite. Calcifer, you're so rude. But he like he didn't have the tone like the tone that I read him in. It wasn't the movie voice, mostly because oh, I I kind of heard it as like, "Mail your bacon burn." <laughs> yeah, like it was much deeper and like more. Um, uh, who who almost like mirror in the wall? Mm-hmm. What's that? Just a really deep, hearty voice, not like the you know like my, borderline demonic. Yeah, because he he's a demon. <laughs> he is a demon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the following few chapters are really just Sophie cleaning and exploring the different rooms of the castle, even though there aren't really a lot. It's just like <laughs> the bathroom, the stairs to Hal's room uh, michael's bedroom and she's not allowed to clean howell's bedroom so she is taken advantage of her old womanness and she begins to (laughs) really care what she says to them oh man so i should okay uh i should point this out i'm really bad at plot summaries and like summarizing things so i did look on line for this but i didn't like copy word for word i'm just kind of like oh i remember that and then i put in my yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Because otherwise, this would be a total mess. Yeah. <laughs> no one would have like, any idea what we're talking about. What I would normally have done was a one-sentence thing, and then just left it at that. And it's yeah, like, like, that's not a summary of a book. It's like, yeah, just figure out the rest for yourself, I guess. In the end, the most important part is that Sophie and Howell. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Eventually. 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 All right, so one day, Sophie discovers that Howell is pursuing Letty at Mrs. Fairfax's, the real Letty, which infuriates her. However, she is also impressed by Howell's acts of kindness, um, which includes undercharging people for spells and taking on Michael as an apprentice. Mm -hmm. So Sophie also discovers that Michael is pursuing the quote-unquote Letty at the pastry shop. 
Um, she tries to leave one day to visit her sisters, but she is surprised to find the scarecrow outside the castle door. Now, the scarecrow gives her a terrible fright, <laughs> and she orders Calcifer to move the castle as fast as he can. Aw, poor Calcifer. He was so pooped after that. Yeah, he tur- didn't he? He was like just a little like poop of a flame. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what did you do to him? <laughs> like, he's still alive, but he's just like a... He's, like, he's just he's like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Um, so one day, Sophie and Michael follow Howell as he goes to visit Letty and Mrs. Fairfax's. Mrs. Fairfax explains that this pairing would be advantageous to Letty as she can learn a lot from Howell. Oh, I guess this should also be noted at this point, Mrs. Fairfax knows that Letty and Martha switch places. Yeah, because she said, um, like, she was okay with it because she doesn't want to teach magic to someone who doesn't want to learn. Yeah. So... So she was like, it worked she was pretty cool with it. Yeah. So Michael and Sophie return to the castle and Michael begins to work on a complicated spell that Howell left him. However, this spell is confusing. Sophie tries to help Michael with gathering the items, starting with a fallen star. Uh, they are close to catching one, but it ends up dying. Like they can talk to it too. With- it's like, please don't, don't, don't. Don't do don't this. Hurt me. And he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And it's like, I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah. Falls into a pool of water and then just sizzles out. And like, weren't they not supposed to do that? Yeah. Howell, like when he learned that they did that, he was like, you're never doing that again. Yeah. So because of that, um, Howell says, like, it's for the best that Michael didn't catch one. Yeah. And... Calcifer actually tells Sophie at this point that she got her hint about how to break the contract. But she's like, she's, she's too, like, I don't, I don't know, man, I can't. <laughs> There's too much going on, I can't focus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Howell reads the quote-unquote spell and discovers that it's actually from his home, Wales. Our, from our, our world. world. Yes. So Howell takes Sophie and Michael to Wales so that they can get back the actual spell and return this quote-unquote spell which is actually a poem and this is a real poem wait they um it's called song by john you know what we will add a link to the blog post yeah if you would like to check it out the whole poem because it is important uh to this story Mm mm-hmm um, so Sophie and Michael meet Howell's sister, Megan, and her kids, Neil and Mary. Uh, Neil tells them that the poem was part of his English homework, and Howell asks where his English teacher lives so that they can exchange the papers. <laughs> I found that really funny, too. He's just like, straight up, where does your teacher live <laughs> I need to get this spell? <laughs> like, he couldn't wait till like, it was Monday or something. Like, no, I'm going to go like, knock on her door on No, I'm going to go to her house. Yeah. Anyways. So the trio, Howell, Sophie, and Michael, uh, then go visit the English teacher, Miss Angorian, who happens to be very beautiful. And, and Howell is smitten. Yeah. Um, in Sophie's mind, Howell has forgotten about Letty, like, as soon as he sees Miss Angorian. And that, yeah. that pisses her off. Because <laughs> she's like, how dare you? That's my sister. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to explain the curse a little bit. The curse that the witch put on Howell. Okay. Um, so Howell had pursued the witch before losing interest, and now she's hunting him down out of rage. <laughs> you know what? 
You know what? Yeah, he it's deserves still, it. It still gets me. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. He makes women fall in love with him. And, and then, then he's, he's just like, he's like, out. yeah, I'm done. Yeah. So, you know what? I don't blame her. <laughs> um, so, basically, if the things in this quote-unquote song, like this poem, comes true, then the witch's magic will have caught up to Howl. Ah, uh, yeah. So, those things include uh, mermaid singing, mandrake root, and the wind to advance an honest mind. When I read the part about Mandrake Root, the first thing I was like, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, those, like, screaming. Ah! I actually, but I didn't, like, take the time to actually Google and, like. Like, is it the same in this yeah, universe? Yeah, or is it actually, like, is Mandrake Because you remember um, Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. Like, there's a Mandrake there. And yeah. it is the same as uh, the one in Harry Potter. Yeah, so maybe it is. Maybe. So, are you saying that J.K. Rowling stole this idea? And she made it her own. You know what? Let's talk we about this after we finish. Yeah, we may be completely wrong. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, let's let's dig deeper and yes. later on. Yes. All right. So, um, they switch spells. Um, they go back to the castle. Howell gets Sophie to visit his old tutor, Mrs. Penstemon, before she's to go to the king in Kingsbury to blacken Howell's name. And there's a reason for this. The king is trying to get Howell to find his younger brother, Prince Justin, who has gone missing. But Howell does not appear to want to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. He's like, I'm a coward. <laughs> Doesn't he say that? He's like, I'm a coward. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> So, Mrs. Penstemon tells Sophie that she has magical powers. Uh, Sophie can talk things into life. And that Sophie needs to break Howell and Calcifer's contract as it is starting to hurt Howell. Sophie then heads off to the king's palace to blacken Howell's name. However, she deviates from Howell's script and the king appoints him royal magician anyways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, doesn't she kind of blank? And then she just starts she just calling starts, him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the king's like, ah, yes. I want him as my royal magician. <laughs> He's like, he will find Prince Justin now. <laughs> She's like, damn it. That's not what I was supposed to say. <laughs> okay, so Sophie tries to head back to the castle. She gets lost, and she runs into the witch. She declares that she has... Oh, wait. I should say the witch declares that she has killed Mrs. Penstemon. So Sophie attempts to lose her by saying she's looking for the king's palace. Unfortunately, the witch follows her. Like, she, like, leads her to the palace. Yeah. Howell finds out about Mrs. Penstemon. Um, he's visibly upset, and he catches a cold. Um, <laughs> I was going um, to add a note that at this point, he's being, like, really dramatic about being not only sick, but the fact that no one's paying attention to him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm bored. <laughs> Why isn't anyone paying attention to me? So yeah. he's like, shut up. Like, <laughs> All right. So later on, a dog arrives at the castle turns into a man and tells Sophie that he was sent by Letty. He turns back into a dog and then just kind of hangs around Sophie. <laughs> but he also tells her not to tell Howell that he's a man. Um, so the witch finds Howell's base at Port Haven and they have a crazy battle. Uh, because of this, Howell decides to change locations from Port Haven to the hat shop in Market Chipping as the hat shop is now empty. Um, so the hat shop becomes a flower shop that Sophie tends to. And I think, uh, Howell had moved the castle to the edge of the waste. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, there's a bunch of flowers there yeah. and that's where they get their flowers from. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scarecrow shows up in market shipping. Miss Angorian finds her way to the castle and enters it looking around. 
She says that um, she's engaged to a man named Ben Sullivan. Yeah. And he disappeared, and she's holding on to hope that he's still alive. So Howell turns the dog into his human form. He says his, or Calcifer says his name is Percival, um, but Percival does not remember much, except that the witch wanted information on Howell. Yeah. Sophie discovers that everyone knows about her curse, even Howell. He just assumed she wanted to stay in her old form. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we, we know about your curse. <laughs> like her sisters. Yeah. Um, Michael knows, right? Yeah. Michael I was knows. like, I just, yeah, I just assume you want to stay like that. So like no one asked her though. Yeah. No one did anything. Like, why, about would, it. why would you assume that? Oh my goodness. And so that's why Howell wanted her to visit his old tutor in hopes that she could remove the curse. So Sophie, who is now furious, tries to leave the castle, but Howell comes home one night drunk and yeah, I think he came home from Wales. Yeah. He was at, like, a reunion, right? Yeah. For his, like, yeah. rugby team or whatever. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. So, on May Day, Sophie's stepmom, Fanny, and her sisters show up at the castle where they have a little reunion. Miss um, Angorian shows up, too. Yep. I think oh. the scarecrow shows up at some point. I forgot exactly when, but he shows up in all Yeah, he does. Because when Sophie sent him away in market shipping, he, like, turned around and just ran for the castle. <laughs> I just pictured He's like, okay. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to go the other way then. <laughs> I just, every time I, like, when I listen to it, I'm pretty sure I was, like, painting at this point. <laughs> I think because I'm picturing the I'm one picturing, from the movie. I'm picturing the turnip man yeah, with his like, keys like, and he's just like hopping but he's going really fast. <laughs> like anime style. Um, <laughs> Little smoke clouds <laughs> behind him. Like the background is just a blur. <laughs> <laughs> but and like she you see Sophie's head or whatever. <laughs> And then he's just boom. <laughs> okay, I hope I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to picture. Oh man! If not, y'all gotta watch some some anime. Naruto. Yeah, he's like Naruto running to yeah. the castle. <laughs> All right, so um, so he shows up and he finds a skull. So the skull is referenced around the book many times. It like its teeth chatters every once in a while. Yeah, Michael is trying to protect it at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do talk about the skull, but they don't really explain what it is for until this moment when the scarecrow shows up and he merges himself with it so he can talk. <laughs> and everyone's just kind of like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> um, okay, so the witch's voice is then heard in the castle saying she's holding Miss Angorian hostage and will on- only free her from her fortress if Howell comes to rescue her. Oh, wait, I think I missed a part. Okay, so when Miss Angorian had showed up, Calcifer says that the witch found Howell's home in Wales, so Howell leaves Mm -hmm. to defend his family. So Howell's not in the castle right now. No. Okay, so Sophie goes to the fortress in hopes of helping Miss Angorian because she feels like everything is her fault. (laughs) She's like, oh, it's my fault. I I messed things up. I have to go fix them. Oh, my gosh. It's like, just, dude, relax. Just chill for a second. Um, so Howell, let's see, where am I at? 
Okay, yeah. So the witch captures Sophie in some goo, and she's kind of stuck in this castle. I think she says her, like, this fortress looks like it doesn't look that big, or like it's not as big as it should be. Yeah. She comments on how, like, dinky it is, basically. Um, yeah, so she, Sophie is trapped in the witch's fortress, but she's saved by the scarecrow and Howl, and Howl kills the witch. He's like, he says this, like, magic word, and then she's dead. Just, like, or, like, would, if he had done that sooner, would he, would it, like, what? Well, I think when they had their big battle, maybe he was trying to do it, but, um, I don't know, she was pretty... She's pretty powerful, too. Yeah. And I, I think they both thought, like, the other one was dead, maybe. Oh, or, like, yeah. maybe she thought that he was dead because he had transformed into... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, moving on. Uh, Miss Angorian is revealed to be the witch's fire demon. So, just like Calcifer is Howl's fire demon, Miss Oh, my Angorian gosh. That's is... right. I forgot about that. Yeah, is uh, the witch's fire demon. Um, so Howell, Sophie, and the Scarecrow race back to the castle and find Miss Angorian there. Calcifer is holding on to Howell's heart in order to live, but Sophie tries to save both of them. Miss Angorian grabs Calcifer slash Howell's heart and tries to use it to create a new person, quote-unquote person. <laughs> so essentially what she was doing was collecting parts from Wizard Solomon, a.k.a. Ben Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, Prince Justin, the king's younger brother, and hopefully Howell to create a new person. Um, so once they get back, Miss Angorian is holding Howell's heart, and he she starts to squeeze it, and then yeah. Calcifer screams out in pain. Howell screams out in pain. Mm-hmm. So Sophie has to do something. She tells her walking stick to beat up Miss Angorian, which it does. <laughs> yep. She gets a hold of Howell's heart, pulls off Calcifer, and returns Howell's heart to him. Uh, during this, Calcifer is freed from the contract and leaves. And then I put LOL. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Because, <laughs> like, all this, he's all been this there, stuff this is been, going on. And, like, he's been there this entire time. And he's just kind of like, well, just bye, like, guys. Okay, bye. Thanks. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> all right. Um, Sophie becomes a young woman again. And Howell defeats Miss Angorian. The Scarecrow and Percival transform into Solomon and Prince Justin, respectively. Howell and Sophie confess their love to each other in their own unique way. They're kind of just looking at each other and smiling while making smart-ass remarks to each other. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. So, like, I mean, that's essentially what they did. Yeah. Uh, Michael and Martha can be together. Letty takes to Wizard Solomon. Prince Justin goes back to Kingsbury. And Calcifer returns. The The end. end. It's a lot. It's a lot to unpack, but let's focus on the stuff that we thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, because there's so much detail, and you know, each character has like their important part to play. Yeah. Or was what was your favorite part? Like, if you have a, if you can name a couple parts. Okay, I love the way that Sophie just accepted the fact that she was an old woman. She's yeah. like, she can't, she just grew into her personality. And whenever she would like cackle or hobble around, I just imagine her like hunched over like. <laughs> Honestly, Sophie's like old lady goals. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being her. 
<laughs> when I'm older. When, I, when I'm 90, that's who I want to be. Yeah. I want to be that kind of grandma. Just <laughs> <laughs> like kind of crazy. Like she, But she's so funny, though, because like Sophie, compared to the movie, she's more timid in the movie and very like soft-spoken. But yeah. whereas the book, she's a lot more feisty. She's got that like... I don't know if this is true for like all grannies, but almost all grannies that I have met, they have like a sort of feistiness to them. Yeah. And like, m- maybe I'm reaching, but like it doesn't come, like it comes naturally, I find. Yeah. Like. It's, it's like she doesn't really have a care in the world anymore. No, it's, but, but what's so sad though is like she didn't even get to live that life to actually, you know, truly accept that. Like, there's no reason to care anymore. Yeah. She just went from, like, oh, I'm a failure to, like, okay, I don't care anymore. Yeah, and it's like, damn, you didn't even get to enjoy that. But, I mean, she probably was able to do that afterwards. I feel like maybe when it first happened, she was kind of okay with it. But then she started to realize, okay, like, I might be stuck like this forever. Yeah, you might as well just take it as it is, instead yeah. of being upset about it. Yeah. Um, um, one thing I wanted to point out, I said this when we tried to record it the first time, and I was, like, <laughs> so proud of myself. I was like, Sophie seems to get along with Calcifer because it's actually Howl's heart, and that's why they fall in love. And then we were like, ooh. <laughs> but I like that idea. Like, she's... She, you know, she has, like, a special relationship with Calcifer because they're working so closely together. Yeah. And she didn't know that she's actually getting closer to Howl. Because this is That's so cute. Um, okay, so this this is just something that we mentioned uh, in the first recording. Um, we are talking about, like, the similarities or, like, not really similarities. There's two worlds. Yes. Um, almost like Narnia or like Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's kind of like there's this magical world. That's the main world that we know right now. Yeah. Our world seems to be the odd one in the story. But it's like, okay, so is it like another like a universe? Like an alternate universe? Is it like Marvel? Yeah, is it like... Or is it like... How, how, how does it exist? How does it exist? My other question was, what, the people born in Ingari, do they were they all born with magical powers? Because Sophie has powers. Her sisters yeah. have powers. But, like, that's all we really know about. Like, is magic something that can just be easily learned and by then, anyone? And then because Howell's originally from Wales, our world, like... How did he get? How did he? Was he just like born one day? <laughs> was he just born one day? I would assume so. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> did he just like wake up one day and discovered that he had like powers, kind of like Harry Potter, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I talk, I can talk to snakes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, jeez, what a. What a concept. But also at the same time, like, if this this book obviously came before Harry Potter. Like, there's no... I did a quick Google search, and I didn't really see anything, like, no inspiration from J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. which kind of seems fishy, because if you read the book, there's a lot of similarities 
in terms of like the two different worlds, but they're the same world. You know what I mean? Like they kind of coexist. Yeah. Yeah. It's like muggles and sorry, I have to reposition. Yeah. Like the, like the muggles in Harry Potter are so fascinated with, I'm um, not the muggles, the wizards, the wizards in, in Harry Potter are so fascinated with muggles. Yeah. Because it's like, what? Wow, they have cars that just only stay on the ground. What? What's a What's the function of a rubber duck? <laughs> like it's stuff like, like that. Really random stuff. And then I guess the comparison with Narnia is, you know, through the wardrobe. And is that how people get to like the land they, of Ingrid? Like, and like, do they know that the other world exists? Yeah. Do they just are they able to just stumble upon it? Huh. Like, what if someone just walked into the castle? And they're like, oh my gosh, I just seen someone do, like, a, a magic trick. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my head. A magic trick? <laughs> like, we don't technically have those in the real world. What is it, oh, close-up magic? I saw them do a card trick. He told me to pick a card. And, and he got it right! a card! <laughs> And this is why. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) But it's something to think about. I would like to kind of know more of the rules. Maybe it is explained in the other two books. The the rules, I'm not too sure. I'd have to read them to I'm just curious because there's not, like, it just seems so casual. But at the same time, it it shouldn't be as casual as it is. Because, like, if that's the case obviously we don't have magic yeah but like if that were to be a thing i think people would be more inclined to be like why does this happen or why does this other world exist and we don't live in it or exist in it we're like literally separate from it but we're like we're well aware of it and we're okay yeah yeah just the little things the other thing i wanted to talk about i don't really we can spend. Let's let's talk about our main characters. So it's Sophie, Howell, Calcifer, and Witch of the Waste. Okay. So Sophie is eighteen years old in the book. Mm-hmm. Eighteen turned like sixty. Or wait, mm-hmm. like ninety. Um, and so she's the eldest of three, mm-hmm. and she is like it's almost like Pride and Prejudice, where it's like you're too old already oh she's she's gonna she's, be a spinster yeah <laughs> and she's just like kind of accepted that like she's too old to travel or do anything which i think is ridiculous yeah but it, that's the case in this book yeah um and she kind of just it's almost like she just accepted it like she wasn't happy but um this curse came about and then she was like all right well i got i got nothing to lose let's go do something about it and yeah. then by the end of the book, she's already, she, like, she's with Howell, and, like, they're going to continue on yeah, doing fun adventures, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, obviously, we're going to do comparisons when we cover the movie, but in the book, she's a lot more there's old-fashioned. A, yeah, there's a part in the beginning when she's in the hat shop, and she's starting to realize that maybe she's being exploited by her stepmom mm-hmm. because her stepmom doesn't really hang around the hat shop. She like, she goes off. Someone was like, I forget who it was, but her mom, stepmom goes off to do like buying and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. it was Witch of the Waste that mentioned that. Was it her or someone else? It was a different buyer. But anyways, um, I thought Martha 
said. Was it Martha? Yeah, she's like, yeah, Fanny, oh, does, yeah, Fanny, yeah. Fanny does this. Like, she doesn't, like, it doesn't take that long for her to, like, yeah. go out and, like, seek buyers or whatever. Yeah. So I can, I can understand, like, Sophie feeling like she's being exploited. Yeah. And then um, because of that, she is furious, and then she just explodes on a customer, basically calls him ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Because that customer, the funny part is, the customer was trying to, like, get a king or, like, a prince or whatever. Yeah. And, like, because she's seen someone else wearing that hat. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, I got I got some magical powers, and I'm going to get myself a hottie. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, it's like, she, you know, it was unsuccessful, and she, like, brings it back or whatever. <laughs> Sophie's like, it's not the hat, sweetie. <laughs> it's your face. <laughs> Can you imagine saying that to some customer, like... If we if customer service didn't have to have filters, like if someone was but like if me, someone was being rude, if someone was rude to me and I could be rude back, man, what a life that would be. I saw this TikTok where this woman threw a drink at this barista, and the barista threw something back at her. Really? Yeah, it was pretty funny. But that's so nasty. Why would you throw something at a barista? That's the thing I don't. Yeah, like, that really pisses me off. Like, why would you throw something like if at you're, someone who's offering so, you a service? Yeah, and that's so childish. Like, if it's not the drink that you ordered, sure, tell them. They'll fix it. Anyways. Um, well, we digress. Yes. Um, okay. I wanted to mention a few quotes that I thought were hilarious when I was reading the book. So the first one I got here is... Um, Oh, this is just Sophie cackling. And then it was like, she cackled again as she walked on. Perhaps she was a little mad, but then old women often were. And I imagined that would be me when I'm older. And I really hope it is. Yeah. Just hashtag goals. I'm crazy now. (laughs) I'm a crazy bitch. You can't say anything. I lived a good life. (laughs) Um, And then the other one was Sophie. Thumped along with a will, chatting to her stick. After all, old people often talk to themselves. <laughs> Again, I talk to myself because I work from home and I get bored. And then I talk to my dog, obviously. Like, I feel like at this point, you have to age into your personality. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Like, what I am now is probably nothing compared to what I was in. Actually, you know what? That's a lie. I, let me... Let me say this again. I, my personality now is probably what I was in like elementary, like really like mm-hmm. doing dumb, stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that's not cool. Like in high school or junior high. Yeah. And like I toned back a bit and I was like, yeah. you know, I was holding back. And then yeah. university happened and I was like, pretty much like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to go do this thing. I don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah. We're just like constantly changing. And that is Sophie goals. Yeah. She just doesn't care. Yeah. She's like, I'm this old woman. I'm, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then we have Howell, whose birth, birth name. Birth name. Howell. How, how, how. Jenkins. I wonder if there are people. <laughs> I wonder if there are people named Howell. Like Howell. Isn't um one of the Backstreet Boys his name his last name is Howell? Really? Yeah, look it up. <laughs> is it is it Joey? 
No, wait, that's not Joey. <laughs> that's, that's insane. <laughs> I want to say it's AJ. I might be wrong, though. Or uh, how it came. I don't know. I'm thinking of wrong. How well Backstreet Baseball Boys. I literally can't spell right now. It doesn't say anything. Anyways. Um, okay. So, yeah. Oh, his name is Howard. I'm an idiot. Oh. <laughs> I was Hello. like, all right, all right, cool, cool. I was like, there's a there's a howie, howell. Howell. There's a how there. But anyway. not the not the one we were. No, his howell's name is spelled H-O-W-E-L-L. I like the spelling. Yeah. I would, I, I, I can't even, I can barely say howl. 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 Yes. Anyways, um, so he is 27. Yes, and he's a womanizer. He's the worst. <laughs> He has, uh, what did Sophie say? He is, he was known to amuse himself by collecting young girls and sucking the souls from them. Um, so, like, with that knowledge, when Sophie's in the castle, she's, like, cleaning and looking for these poor young girls' souls. Yeah, she's convinced that he has a stack. He's like, like a stack. where are they? Yeah. I don't know what she was going to do if that was true and she found them. Like, so you, what the heck would yeah, you do? What, what would you do? Like, like at oh, this okay, point, that... she's talking to a fire demon. Like, I, I yeah. imagine she wouldn't be, like, creeped out or anything. Yeah, but, like, what would you do? How, like, what would you would do Would she release hearts? them? Would she just be like, oh, okay, yeah, the rumors are true. <laughs> Found them. <laughs> just go about her day. Maybe, probably. That would probably be something she would do. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I guess that's all we really have to say is about his reputation as being, like, a womanizer. Yeah, I the way I pictured him for a while was uh, Studio Ghibli Howl. Ah, uh, but then in the book, there's pictures at the beginning of the chapters, and the one where he goes to the funeral, his hair is black. Oh, he's yeah. wearing all black. I was like, oh, that's a that's a good look. <laughs> boy, he has like e boy hair, and then I just couldn't get that out of my head. You're like saloon. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah i don't know i i couldn't i listened to most of the books so i had this image of like studio ghibli howl yeah but every other character was like far different than yeah i feel like um movie howl was oh i I mean i guess i shouldn't compare too much but movie howl is more i guess in a way like compassionate this one is just very self-centered yeah, like when he was sick and he wanted attention, he would like he would like shake the whole house. Yeah, I understand. Castle. I understand the the change though. I understand like why they would make him more compassionate in the film. Probably because like they were going to end up together. Obviously, yeah, they had to focus on the love story a bit more. And like it wouldn't have made it a really enjoyable watch. I think. Yeah, because I feel like the movie is enjoyable for all ages. Yeah, you know, um, not to say that the book isn't, it's just um, the movie sort of has a more straightforward plot. Yeah, and this one, like, there's certain, there's, like, little bits. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There were parts that I was like, did I understand that properly? Yeah, like, the 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 part that um, I kind of had to go back on was when Sophie and Michael were off doing other things. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, wait. Like, wait, wait, why why is she running around in these seven-league boots? Yeah, like, what the heck? And, like, um, Sophie wasn't allowed to get tired. 
Yeah. There was that, that um, concern. We ended up in Wales. Yeah, like, what the heck? I was like, are we actually in Wales? Like, Wales, Wales? Like, yeah. On Earth. <laughs> I will say I did, like, Sophie and Hal's dynamic in the book a little bit more because they would just fight all the time. They're spicy. Like an old married couple. Yeah. I liked that about I appreciated them. it. Michael in the book, um, because in the movie he's a little kid, Michael is a, um, he's an adolescent. He's like 15. He's 15. Yeah. Um, so I feel like plot wise, he has a lot more to do, you know, with the story because he kind of just showed up. Yeah. Cause once Martha gets involved, like, Oh, and that was the other thing. When I first started reading the book, um, I had no idea they had another sister. Yeah. And she was a half sister. Yeah. And then, I was very confused and very like disappointed for a bit um, when Howell was like in love with Letty. Yeah. And then Michael was in love with Letty, but I was like, but wait, no, that's like, Martha. Yeah. And, like I was uh, just like, there was just so much going on. Yeah. Half the like, time. Which Letty are you guys I was talking like, about? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you just like put her name in brackets? Like, that real, real Letty. Letty Martha. <laughs> like help a brother out. I liked Letty and Martha in the book, though, because there's, like, when they switched, Martha really liked the attention in the bakery, mm-hmm. and then um, Letty really wanted to do magic, and then mm-hmm. like, yes, that's fine. Yeah, you s- they have, like, more to do with, like, the story yeah. in the book. They're and they, more involved. Yeah, and they also said that, because um, Fanny is Martha, like, Martha's mom is fanny and like um so to paint a picture um sophie's real mom uh died yeah and their dad sophie and lady's dad married fanny fanny and sophie and lady's dad had martha yeah and then their dad passed away so it's just the four women now yeah but, like, they never treated Martha. Martha was never treated better than the other girls. Yeah. No they one were, was, like, an outcast or anything. Yeah. They were all treated very, very well. And, like, yeah. Fanny took care of them. I like I like that dynamic. It's not, like, a cliche, like, Cinderella. Which one it of could them have easily It could have easily been that. But yeah. I think that was already done. So, like. Yeah. Because when, when Fanny shows up again, I was expecting her to act, like, movie yeah <laughs> fanny or whatever i don't even know if her name is fanny in the movie but i was expecting her to be like oh sophie you're alive okay bye <laughs> yeah. but no she was like genuinely concerned yeah i th- i really liked that is there anything else you'd like to mention about any characters that stood out to you in the um, book the witch of the waste looks different uh or she's described differently in the book than how she appears in the movie i'm sorry to c- keep comparing but it's like that's all i know I still honestly picture her as the big old lady. I was going to say really? the big old bitch. <laughs> that big bitch. She was a bitch. But anyways, I, st- I don't know. I know they described her. Um, they described her very different yeah. from the movie. But I just could still picture her with her like deep voice. She's got a fat, fat neck. But they do say that she was beautiful. Like Howell did pursue her but it's more intense in the book because yeah. she is like still really beautiful until she she's not and then she dies <laughs> and just 
Um, she did. Yeah. There's a few comments about the book from the author that I wanted to yeah, let's do point it. out. Um, so the book that I have, there's like a few questions at the back that the author answers. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she was inspired by a boy she met when she made a visit to a school. He asked her if she had ever written about a moving castle, and she said she hadn't. But what a splendid idea. His name is Steven, and she dedicated the book to him. Oh, yeah. That's really sweet. And then I think somewhere uh, the question is, where were you when you wrote it? She said, I wrote the book the way I write everything, stretched out on the big sofa in my sitting room in everyone's way. This often annoys my husband rather a lot. That's cool. She seems like a chill lady. She was a chill lady. She was a chill lady. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I forgot. I did, okay. I did Google her the other day and I saw that she, yeah. Anyways, it's okay. So I don't know if, like, I know we're talking about the book, but um, just to mention something about the author, she attended lectures by both C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien before graduating in 1956. Whoa. All right. Just, yeah. yeah, just in general, this book was really... Nice to read because it was pretty complex, like... And it was different than what I would normally read, to be honest. Yeah. I read pretty, like... I don't want to say bland books, but, like... <laughs> like, the the structure of it is always so simple. Yeah. And it's always the same, so this was a nice read. Yeah. And also, I had no idea up until, like, last uh, last year, actually, that it was a book. And yeah. And there's other Studio Ghibli books that... Books that were adapted into Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, adapted into Studio Ghibli movies. Um, Yeah, are there any, like... Are there anything you would change or things you would like to have seen? Uh, We we already kind of touched on it with, like... Which would think the worlds... Yeah. I would like to learn more, like, if they did prequels or whatever. Yeah, like, how Howl ended up in Ingury. Yeah, I they kind of said that. Yeah, I would like to have known more about that because I think um, it's just mentioned that uh, he had like twice the um, ability. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, <laughs> technically he did. He had twice the ability, twice the pizzazz, uh, twice the creativity, and that's what made him such a great wizard. And I, I would just like to know how, how you know. How Howl. How Howl ended up in Ingrid. Yeah. Like, is it just, like, Harry Potter? They just send out letters to the wizards? Is that how, we, <laughs> is that how they found him? They sent him, like, a... Uh, I can't say a fire demon, because that hasn't... That, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and then there's, like, fire demons in this world that you can... Oh, well, no. There are stars. Yeah. That you catch, and then you make a contract maybe he, with... Maybe he caught a star... Howl? Yeah. He did. <laughs> I mean... That's the whole no, point. No. I mean, like, maybe he accidentally caught a star one day. <laughs> he did. That's the whole point. That's not what I mean. He caught Calcifer and they made a contract. But, like, when? <laughs> maybe he caught a star. Yeah, he did. That's Like, yeah, he caught Calcifer, but, like, what if he, what if 
he caught? What if he? Okay, what if he accidentally caught a star before Calcifer? And he just let and it then he just like let it. <laughs> And then he's like, now I know how to catch a shooting star. Now I know to deal with them. Before letting them go. But like, would that be before? I I mean, I'm assuming that's when he came to Inquiry, right? That's what I mean. But how did he get to Inquiry is what I want to know. (laughs) Maybe cut Yeah, he did. (laughs) That's the whole point. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's good. That was terrible. That's good. I swear, I read the book. (laughs) I can vouch for her, yeah. She actually did it this time. (laughs) Anyways, so I'm just going to close this (laughs) with what do you expect from the movie? (laughs) We've already seen it like so many times. Um, I'm expecting to enjoy myself. I'm just going to talk a lot about like the whole house. (laughs) Just probably just talk about Christian Bale. Yeah. Oh man. That was great. That was good. Um, all right. Well, let's end that on a happy note. (laughs) Um, yeah, so next week we are going to be talking about the movie, and then we'll announce March, the March book, yeah. which is going to be super duper fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I've had this book for like so long, so I'm super pumped to read it. Yep. Um, anyways, thank you guys for listening to this gong show of an episode. Oh, man. It started <laughs> off strong. We ended strong. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just tired. <laughs> Anyways, um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and if you have any suggestions that we should read next or anything, anything we, you want us to discuss, uh, you can send us a DM on Facebook, Instagram, and even Twitter. Mm-hmm. And... Follow us for all our fun stuff, announcements on our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter mm-hmm. at Books and Bones Podcast. Yes. Um, and yeah, we will chat next week. Thank you for listening. All right. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. bye.